Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. We can do better than that. Good morning, church. Yeah, there we go. I uh, just am so thankful for that song. Uh, You guys thankful for the worship this morning? I uh, just passed seven years on staff here, and one of the first times I started to be able to preach, I just said, good morning, church, uh, because I didn't know what else to say to start my message, and that's kind of become my comfort zone. So when I say that, good morning, church, and you guys say good morning, it really means a lot to me. Um, if you're a first-time guest, my name's Pete, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, you've picked an amazing Sunday to come to church. We're so thankful for you, and uh, hopefully you were blessed by that time of worship, and for all of our regular attenders. Um, You might have noticed walking in, today is a special day. This is the first weekend of what we call Group Connect here at Salem Heights. And it is the start of a season where we're beginning to prepare ourselves to get connected with each other and do what the church does. We come together around God's word and we grow together in connection. And so this morning we have a special kind of live ministry guide Uh, We're going to be doing this the next two Sundays. We want to give you the opportunity, whether you're a longtime attender or maybe this is your first Sunday at Salem Heights, to hear not only from me uh, a little bit about why we believe it is important to be connected with other believers, uh, but we want you to hear from some of the leaders that God has brought to our church, some of the leaders that are, uh, you might know if you are participating in that area of ministry, but perhaps you don't participate in every area of ministry, and we want you to hear Uh, from some of these leaders, just so you can see the testimony of what God has been doing here at our church. The people that he's been bringing in, men and women, uh, uniquely gifted to be able to carry out the different ministries that God has called our church to uh, provide for those who come and participate in this local body. And we want you to hear from them, we want you to hear their heart for ministry, the things that they're seeing um, from those who participate in their area of ministry and to hear their heart for you. So that's going to come a little bit later on this morning, but we wanted just you to know that Group Connect is more about just what you can get out of the church, what you can find here, although that is something we want you to find. We want you to find place and connection, purpose. We want you to be seen and feel seen. We want you to know others, but we also want you to be known. And so this morning is the first of uh, uh, several weeks. We're going to be having group connect with the booths where you can get signed up after the service. And we're going to try to end our service a little bit earlier than normal today so you can go out and and visit the different booths and get to know some of the teams that are serving in various areas of ministry. But really, uh, we're going to be going through the month of September, kind of kicking off our year. We got some special musical guests coming in. We have a special series we're going to be preaching to start off our year to kind of set the vision, set the tone for what the year is going to look like. And then our goal is at the end of September for all of our ministries to be launched and for us to be meeting and connecting on a regular basis again. We're really excited about that. And our goal this morning is to kind of kick that off. Would you pray with me? 
Father God, I just thank you so much for those you have uh, brought into the room this morning and those watching online. God, we thank you for a church that is healthy and vibrant, where people want to be together. They want to fellowship together. And so God, I pray that you would use your word in this, uh, this ne- these next few moments to remind us of why it's important that we are connected with one another. And God, that we would not just see that as something that we get, but that's something that we give to as well. God, I pray that you would use your word. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Uh, There's one verse that I wanted to share with us this morning. It comes out of Ephesians chapter four. If you have your Bibles and want to join me there, it's always good to see it for yourself in a paper Bible. But if you have another Bible, that's okay. We're also going to put it on the screen. Man, some of you guys felt judged there. I'm sorry. Don't don't feel judged. Don't feel judged. Just know that if you use the electronic Bible, you always run the risk of being that person who's left it on narration mode and it's going to start saying the passage out loud when you open it up. Why is it important for you to get connected? Throughout scriptures, we see that God's desire was for us to not just live individual lives apart from other people. That God desired to have a relationship with his creation and so he walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden He created uh, man and woman to be together. Uh, He had a group of people, the Israelites, that he had a special relationship with and his presence dwelt among them. And it tells us that God's desire was to send his son, Emmanuel, God with us, to come and dwell with his people to restore relationship that had been marred by sin. And since the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, he has created his church and he's called all those who place their faith in Jesus Christ to be connected to one another through what's called the body of Christ or a local church. And in Ephesians chapter four, Paul is writing this letter to believers in a place called Ephesus and he makes this charge to them in verse 15. He says, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ From him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. There's a couple of things that we see here that are being stressed. The first is that growing is important. That when you are saved, you are not saved in your full complete form. It's not like, okay, I've learned everything I need to learn and there's nothing else for me to accomplish. I now I'm saved. You are positionally in Christ saved justified. Before him, you stand now holy and blameless. It says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you thankful for that? And so you are, there's nothing more you need to do to to add to your salvation, but being now in Christ, there's a new potential that you didn't have before Christ. See, before Christ, you were controlled by your sin. The desires of the sinful flesh is what controlled you. But now in Christ, you have the ability to say no to sin and to follow Christ by the means of the Holy Spirit. And there's a process now of growth, spiritual growth that's gonna take place inside of you. He's gonna change you from the person you were before Christ and to start to form you to look more like Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're all supposed to be growing. And it says here, let us all be growing into him who is the head, Christ. That means our goal first is to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We grow closer to God by being in his word, by spending time praying and talking to him, by by being silent and listening to the spirit prompt us, bringing truth to our minds. This is the first priority for every believer is for you to grow individually in your personal relationship with your savior. But what we see here is that 
that Christian growth or spiritual maturity is not supposed to be taking place outside just by yourself. That yes, it's individual, that you are to be individually growing in your relationship with Christ, but it's not meant to be independent. Your relationship with God is individual. It's going to be unique and different because you have a unique background that is different from my background. And yet God has called that growth to take place within the context of a local church, a local body. And so here's the big idea for this morning. Why is it important for you to get connected here? It's because there's an aspect of spiritual growth that can only be developed through a connection with the body of Christ. You can grow in a lot of ways on your own, in your personal devotions, your personal time in the, in the word, your personal time in prayer, kind of meditating on the scriptures and thinking about what God's doing in your life. But there is an aspect of your growth that cannot happen unless you are connected to one another. But it's not just about what you're going to get from other people, that you need to be plugged into the church or participating in a, an oikos group or a, a growth group or serving just because of what it's going to give you. There's something that you are going to be uniquely giving to the body when you participate in body life. It says here that God has taken us and he's put us into this body. We're all different parts and he has fitted and knitted us together. He has placed us specifically together for a specific time and a specific purpose and that each of us support one another. And that as we are doing that, as we all participate, that we all grow together but it requires that each of us are individually working as God has designed it. And so part of connection is important because of what you will receive and how it will help you grow. But part of connection is important because how God wants to use you and how he's uniquely gifted you to help somebody else grow. See, participation in church is one of the most important things for us because what it does is it actually is another opportunity for us to take our eyes off self in a world that's trying to have our focus be completely on self and focus it on Christ. And in focusing on Christ, he's going to help us see others and to to minister to one another and to care for one another, to be his hands and his feet. I think there's a lot of us who love the Lord and want to grow closer to him. But that next step of being connected with other believers is the difficult, messy one. And yet what we're going to hear this morning is that there is nothing that could supplant that or replace that that the vulnerability and the willingness to obey Christ and to be part of a local church and be connected with one another is the way in which we receive something that he uniquely created for his followers to have, fellowship as one diverse body to the glory of Christ. And so this morning, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hear about a couple of areas of ministry and what they're doing and why it's important to be connected. But what we're asking to do is you hear these stories and you hear these testimonies and you hear from these leaders We're not just asking you to consider how you might get connected. We're asking you to consider, God, where would you have me plug in so that I can be part of this body and supporting what you're wanting to do in the lives of somebody else? This morning, we're going to focus on family discipleship. We're going to hear from some of our student ministry leaders. And then we're also going to hear today a little bit about what we call oikos groups. This is our small group ministry. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But we have some testimonial videos that we've, uh, we've recorded from people here at our church to help you kind of see like what, what happens when we get connected. What can we see God do and what can we personally experience if we're willing to go beyond that individual relationship with the Lord and into the family relationship with the body of Christ. This first video this morning 
is with uh, Ben and Ashley Search, and they're going to tell you a little bit about what they have observed by not only serving in cause ministry, our high school, middle school ministry, but also by seeing what God has done in the lives of the kids who are connected to the body of Christ. Let's take a look. I would say one of my favorite moments is just watching some of the games and seeing the kids release a lot of their like barriers and walls and just have fun and just the craziness that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Um, I got to go on the high school retreat in January of 2020 and um, just being able to connect with some of the girls that I'd had previous, previously in uh, middle school. Uh, it can feel sometimes as middle school staff like we're planting seeds and planting seeds and we don't always see the fruit until um, down the road. And so being able to be there with those girls that I'd had as sixth, seventh and eighth graders and then getting to see them as juniors and seniors in high school and just um, being able to see the way that those years had been important, even though maybe we didn't see all of it in the moment. And it just feels like there's a lot of putting out and not always seeing the fruit of it. So that was a really sweet moment that um, I'll probably remember forever. Well, we have a bunch of adults in the room and you're like, why are we starting out by talking about family life ministry? Well, it's a huge part of our church. Um, and we believe that our D6 ministry, which is for our uh, elementary age students, and our cause ministry, which is for our middle school and high school students, is not just childcare so that you can come to church. Right? We believe that they are the church of today. Many of them have already placed their faith in Christ and the discipleship process is underway. And so I'm really excited to, to introduce to you for some, maybe the first time, um, Justin Knoll. He's our director of high school ministries here at the church. And Tara Coffey, she oversees our D6 ministry, our children's ministry here at the church. And uh, they are, I want you to hear from them more than from me because I get to work with them every day and get to see what they are doing in their heart. But um, maybe I'll have you guys just share a little bit. How long have you been in your current role, Justin? Yeah, I've been here at Salem Heights for just over a year now, um, serving with the high school students. Yeah, and Tara, how about you? Um, I think I'm just getting three years. Three years. And so they have been serving here faithfully, um, full-time. Our, uh, Justin's full-time. Tara is a full-time mom who also leads this ministry and does a great job. But uh, we were talking a little bit about just... Um, our philosophy as a church, our vision is to fulfill Colossians 128, which says that we um, are trying to present everyone complete in Christ. So how does your individual area of ministry, so student ministry, middle school, high school, and then children's ministry, how does your area of ministry help us fulfill that vision as a church? I think for the cause, it's built upon our mission statement to know God, to know each other, and then to make him known. Uh, we get an opportunity to see students come in as a starting point in ministry, or it's a building block for discipleship, to see kids be able to make the steps and work through the transformational work of the Spirit to see how life changes and to see how discipleship actually works, um, to, to then be able to be a part of the body, to join in and to, to imitate as we imitate Christ. I think that's really what we seek to have happen. 
That's awesome. How about for the children's ministry? Yeah, um, so children's ministry actually starts at zero. So, and then goes through fifth grade. And so we, even though we do see so many kids come to the Lord during that time in elementary school, um, we have a lot of kids who don't know the Lord. Um, I mean, starting in our little kids' classes, uh, our discipleship is teaching them that they did not create the world. It was God. <laughs> and they get that question wrong for the first half of the year, some of them. So, um, but really, I just even think of Pastor Matt last week when he was saying, you know, God's heart, our city we have to know God to know his heart. And so really in D6, we are ministering the gospel over and over and over again. We are praying for their hearts to be changed by the gospel. Because we're not here to give platitudes or, hey, these are the fruit of the Spirit, so let's work on being kind. But we desire for God to come in and transform their little hearts. And so really discipleship for us generally is the building blocks of what is faith? Who is God? And what is the gospel? And then we do get to see kids um, come to the Lord during that time. And then the discipleship process just continues, right? The gospel is not for the point of salvation alone, but it continues. So we just keep working through that. Uh, I've just been so blessed even this year talking with our fourth and fifth graders kind of individually more and man, they're like, man, I gave my heart to God, but I keep sinning and getting to work through eternal security. And, and uh, it just doesn't stop. When we present the gospel, the Lord is going to continue to bring those opportunities to find exactly where those little kids' hearts are and where we can disciple from there. I love that you put it that way because we are. We're continuing those conversations that we're hoping they're taking place at home um, as a partner uh, to help parents fulfill that responsibility that they have. What are some of the things that you are seeing in the lives of students? Because, I mean, when you get to high school age, um, students are getting a little bit more um, independent. They have a lot more going on in their schedules, the extracurriculars. But for those students that participate, who make a point to come on either Sunday or midweek, what are you seeing happening in their lives? I think the biggest thing is God is establishing giftings and he's bringing them into the fold of the, the church. And so what our hope is, is that we can see high school students leave high school ministry and plug directly into the places that we're seeing served throughout the whole church. Uh, it's, it's to see some of our students being able to clearly demonstrate the understanding of the gospel, but being able to share their testimony, being able to utilize the things that they've been able to do, like lead worship, participate as student leaders, and to build relationships beyond just their, their core, um, to be expanded beyond that. So, yeah. Tara, what's something that you're excited about as we get ready to launch uh, back into, I mean, children's ministry kind of goes year round. It doesn't get the big break because uh, it's part of our Sunday morning offering. But as you think about this next year, like what's something that you're excited about? Um, when I first heard that question, I was like, maybe I should say candy because I'm buying a lot of candy in preparation <laughs> for kickoff. But no, um, I just will sound like a broken record and I'll just say I'm excited that we're going to share the gospel over and over. I mean, uh, guys, we have this. Uh, so many unsaved kids in this church that show up every Sunday and they show up on Tuesdays and we just get to share it over and over again. And just to give you a little peek into that, um, I'm really excited because we're starting year two of chronologically working these kids through the Bible. And um, I would say that no piece of scripture is unimportant, right? It's God's inspired word. But we... Um, 
But even as we look through these Old Testament stories, we're getting to pull kids back to this is a story about Jesus. So how does Solomon building the temple point towards Jesus, who, who after we know him as our Savior and Lord, we are, are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so just week after week, getting to see our teachers, um, share the gospel with these kids to see hearts changed. And, um, I mean, I'm just excited about it. It's, um, I think that there was many years where I had not gotten to share the gospel. Um, clearly, there were little pieces of my testimony that I got to share, but now, man, these kids are honest, <laughs> and they'll ask hard questions, and they're interested. They want to hear the gospel, and um, it's just a blessing. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good year. How about for you? What's something that you're looking forward to about this next year? I think what God just continued to put on my heart is to allow students to wrestle and to allow them to process through the feelings, the, the truths that they've been told their whole life, but then to really grapple with, is this mine or is this just what I've always done? And to see how some of these students are really rooted and established in truth but now they're getting to plug that into to, to real life, to put it into practice in their schools, in their friendships, in their relationships. Um, we're pumped because we have some really super awesome events coming, um, opportunities for students to hear the gospel, but also opportunities for our community as high school students to continue to build, to be established, and really just to, to be glorifying to him. If, if I can bounce off that, I think that that is something that's really awesome about um, just even Pete introing that this is not a um, childcare or like awesome I get to drop off, you know, my schoolers off at the church on Tuesdays and I can do my Oikos group or something, but... Um it is a place where kids feel safe to ask questions, to do that wrestling. I mean, we, the questions we get, well, I mean, we want to be that connection piece with parents. So we're not just going to be like, awesome, I get these questions, but we want to connect with parents in that too and be that partner. And uh, I mean, just even a testimonial of my, I mean, uh, during the pandemic, right, we got to see this on display. Me and my husband are doing discipleship with our kids. And my little four-year-old is so squirrely, right, during devotions. And we come back to church. And um, some of you guys know the Higgins. But Paul Higgins and Ashley Higgins were their teachers. And so we get in the car after Sunday. And I said, what did you learn in class today? And he starts with his hands telling me about how Jesus died on the cross. But he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. Me and my husband were both, like, kind of in tears. Because that's, you know, a good friends of ours. But then also we were like... We've shared the gospel with this kid so many times. And, you know, still was confused whether it was Moses on the cross or Jesus. And so, and so, but God has gifted, like we said, these are the other pieces of the body and they are necessary. And so when you bring your kids here, we are happy to take that role in partnering and then pass back the baton. And we want to be here supporting, but it is important. It is important. People have gifts to use. And so we want your kids plugged in. We really do. And even yesterday, we had our lake day, and we baptized uh, nine individuals, and uh, several of them had testimonies of growing up in this ministry or coming to VBS, hearing the gospel, and believing in Christ. And so we, we believe this is an important area of ministry. 
Uh, but families have to make a decision to get connected and to participate in those ministries, to make it part of the regular rhythm of their family. And so um, we're ready to receive that. You guys are building your teams of servants who come alongside. It's not just you. You have teams that work. And obviously, we're missing Tim this morning. Tim is uh, uh, going to be with us uh, hopefully next week to hear from him a little bit. But I'm super thankful for, uh, for Tara and for Justin and their leadership. And um, they're going to be out in, in their booths afterwards, the service. And I would love for you, if you have a, a, a child, a grandchild, um, to go and talk to them, meet some of the people that serve in those area of ministries. Um, they're going to have information about when their ministries are kicking off and how to get signed up for those things. But we're really thankful for both of you. Can we give them a hand? We got another video to show you real quick that's going to help us set up our next area of ministry that we're going to talk about, and that is our Oikos groups. And uh, this is a story about a couple newer to our church in the last couple of years who got connected with another group of believers and the difference it made in their lives. Let's take a look. We were new to Salem, so we didn't know anybody yet, and small groups sounded like a great way to get connected. But we actually didn't pick a small group. Uh, AJ and his wife... Uh, reached out to us, so that was really nice. Yeah, being new to the area, we it was nice to meet people from church to get together with once a week and have the kids playing together and being able to just dig deeper into the Bible with fellow believers. In general, it's just been nice seeing each other every week. I wish I knew my, my specific scripture better, but there's somewhere in the Bible that does talk about uh, Cole not being able to stay hot on its own, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you think that uh, uh, you can walk your walk with Jesus on your own, you're just fooling yourself. You have to be with like-minded people. It's impossible, in my opinion, to be able to walk out our faith uh, biblically without another uh, brother or sister walking beside you. When things have come up in life with our family and other families being able to share that together and pray for each other and have each other's backs. Yeah, very true. We had uh, we had some hard times in our family that were outside of our control and uh, our group was very helpful with that. It was, it was huge. I think the last couple of years was a really uh, big blessing in disguise. Knowing what it feels like to be without a community for a period of time, uh, I feel like now that we're plugged into one, it, made us really appreciate what we have all the more. And I'm sure everyone on the planet could relate to that feeling, so. Well, we, uh... We are here to talk a little bit about our Oikos groups. And this is probably the one thing that as, you know, we have our visitor cards and people sign up when they come and say, hey, I'm here at the church. And it asks, what is something that you're interested in knowing more about? I would say nine out of 10 times, I want to get connected to a small group. I want to, I want to get to know other people. And so Pastor Justin's up here with me to talk a little bit about uh, what we call our small groups here. We call them Oikos groups. This is the second year of us using that term, but maybe share a little bit about like what that principle is and why we've kind of adopted it here at Salem Heights. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I think the first time that you got like, like a picture from a group that said, hey, we formed an Oikos group, they sent you a picture of yogurt, right? And <laughs> hey, we all are in this, the same yogurt together. Yeah, I know. They look amazing. That's a, that's a good group. For that alone, you just sold it to everybody. Why should you do that? You will lose weight. Um, uh, 
No. Uh, probably you won't. You'll probably eat together and it'll just be donuts. Uh, oikos groups, uh, it's actually a Greek term um, that we're looking at in Scripture, but uh, we as a church family just went through Luke and Acts. And so just out of those books, you see these terms come up multiple times. Uh, when the demoniac in the book of Luke is met by Jesus in the, the tombs there, and he's running around and he's crazy, as you would imagine a demoniac would be. Uh, he gets saved. Uh, Jesus casts demons out of this guy. Uh, he's sitting there in his right mind and he says, I want to go with you and your men. And Jesus says, no, I want you to go back to your oikos, uh, your household, but the people uh, who know you and tell them about me. Go back to that group. Uh, when you see in John chapter 15, uh, some famous parables that Jesus was talking about, uh, a lost coin and a lost sheep and then a lost son. Uh, when they went and proclaimed this to different individuals, each time they went and they proclaimed it to their oikos. It's not just their household, but it's all of the significant people that are around their household. They went and announced it to all the people who mattered in their life. Uh, in Acts 16.31, when the Philippian jailer, uh, is at the result of an earthquake, uh, is falling on his face, he thinks that everybody has escaped, and in Rome, in that day, if a jailer loses the people that he was guarding, they just take his life, so that people wouldn't get in the habit of losing the people that they were guarding. He thought he was dead. They all stayed. And he looked at them, and he says, this is uh, amazing. How can I know a Jesus? How can I know a God? Um that would leave me with that kind of integrity or character, that you wouldn't allow me to take my life or lose it just so that you can have yours. What must I do to be saved, he says. And the apostle's response was, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole oikos, household, your extended family. So the question I would have for you is not just, uh, do you have family? Um, Do you have a, a sense of family? And how was that forged? Uh, we had a, a pastor come and, and talk to us, and he used that differentiation. He said, uh, um, groups are not formed, they're forged. But how did you forge that relationship in your own household? It was probably through some hardship. You have some stories that you gain and you tell, and you grow together. We're hoping that you will form groups here that aren't just groups, that you will form relationships Uh, with people within this body right here that are so close, they're like family. They're part of your household. So in one way, everybody that is in this auditorium, we we are praying that you will be a part of an oikos group or a group that is housed uh, or birthed out of the activity at this church. But also, you are already part of an oikos group. Uh, You already have a group of people that in this last pandemic you ran to and you verbally processed everything that was happening with. Uh, And as you processed all of those things with those people, you together took a step in a certain direction. If it's not closer to the Lord, we want to help you grow closer to the Lord. Um, But you processed life with a group of people. That, according to Scripture, would be your oikos, your household, the people that are around you in work In life, as you play, whatever you do, you have a group of people that you run to. We're saying that God has put you in that place so that you can bring spiritual, not just conversations, but bring Christ to the center of 
that relationship and take a step closer to him. Yeah, and so this has been a little bit of a shift in how we do small group ministry here, um, because what we're asking for you to do is to, to look at your life and see the people that God has already placed around you and to invite those people into an Oikos group, to be able to come together uh, weekly and get around God's word and be able to grow, because discipleship happens in a number of different ways. One way is through someone who is a little bit further along in the faith, who has taken more time to study God's word, imparting those truths to someone who's new to God's word. And so we we put a high value in our, in our growth groups where we actually study the God, God's word and study a book of scripture. And we're going to talk more about, a little bit more about those next week. But an Oikos group is a very important part of the discipleship process because that is that life-on-life ministry of one another where we're still gathering around God's word and we're seeing what it has to say, but we're also getting to know one another and being known to, to know how to pray for each other, to support one another like the Aborns talked about in their video. This is a huge part of discipleship and it's an as-you-go type of ministry. And so, practically speaking, how do you form an oikos? That's really the question for this morning, right? There's a couple of different ways that we're asking people to do that. And one would be to sign up with a group of people that you already know. Uh, we're trying to keep those groups uh, small. Some uh, times when we form a group, we say we just want to get together with a, a few of our closest friends, right? 30 to 40 people. Uh, and it's tough for you to share on a deep level with 30 to 40 folks. Uh, and I'm thankful if you feel that you're close with 30 or 40 people. But what we want you to do is actually consider who are the people that you can share not only your discoveries in your spiritual walk with, but who you will commit to. Uh, let's say that uh, you want to go on a mission trip. Are there a group of people that you automatically know are going to come around and help you not only finance a trip, but would they go with you? Uh, are you okay going on a mission trip with a group of people. Um, those are the names in this, this area that I would want you to form a group with. Um, in other words, people who can see you when you're tired, when you're sick, lonely, frustrated, uh, and still love you, walk with you, and they say, oh yeah, I've seen that before. This is how we engage. Um, or are you only known uh, by the people you can clean up for? An Oikos group, we're asking you to form a group with other people, people that you know, or relate with, or want to know better. Um, but there's no one prescribed way. We just want you to form a group of 8 to 15 people and do life together. Uh, that is our first option. But the, another option is that you, you, you might be coming in and you're new to our church, or you don't really feel like you know who to ask, or you're just very, if we're honest, that's intimidating, right? To go up to someone and say, will you be my friend? <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's a 50-50 proposition. <laughs> Uh, so what we've designed, we have a table out here, one of our booths, um, we have Oikos, uh, cards out there. We'd love for you to check these out. On one side of the card, it says, Hey, I, I'm leading. My group's going to meet again. Um, or I have a group of people I'm going to go talk to, and you're going to give us a little bit of information. We're going to have a couple of, uh, training dates in September where we're going to ask you to send a, a person from your group to come and get some resources and get kind of a, a format for how to do your, we'll, we'll teach you, we'll provide everything you need for a group. Um, an Oikos group doesn't have to be led by someone who is going to be a preacher or a teacher. The groups are really formed around studies we provide for you, whether it's a, some questions to talk about after watching the message that Sunday or possibly working through what we call thriving, where we just get around God's word and we ask questions of the scripture and let the spirit of God help us. 
Um, so you can sign us up. We really want to know if you're meeting as an Oikos group. But on the back side of that very same card, it says, I'm actually looking for a group. I, I need help finding people and getting connected. If you just tell us that and give us a little bit of information, we will actually help you find a group. We're going to help you forming some groups. And we actually had a couple groups formed like this last year that actually were really, really healthy and vibrant. And what we love about this format is it can be so diverse and watch God bring people together into um, fellowship in a unique way. And, you know, for some of you, I've talked to some of you out there and your background was coming and growing up in a small church. I won't have you raise your hand, but some of you are probably, that's your comfort zone, small church. And you, you came into Salem Heights and you're like, whoa, this, this is not a small church. You know how you make Salem Heights feel small? You get connected to an Oikos group. You get together with a group of, a smaller group of people and you do life with those people within the context of this. And God will use that group to minister to you and help you grow in your faith. And, and I think one of the key pieces of that is commitment. Uh, one of the reasons that I knew that I, I loved growing up in a small church was there were no other options. Right? Those were the people. So you can't say, well, I don't like these people. I'm going to move over to the next pew. Right? There's still only 20 people at the church. So those are the people that you have to choose from. And what ends up happening is, even though they may not be just like you, you make a commitment to those individuals and you begin to grow. The Spirit of God works through you in that area. We're asking you to actually make a commitment, not come and just kind of uh, taste a little bit of what a, a group might, might have, but we're asking you to commit to a group of people. Once you settle in, commit to a group of people uh, and take whatever life offers over the next few years. In the event that there's another hardship in the United States or on the globe, your relationships at that moment matter. The best time to form those relationships is not when there has been an explosion, all right? The best time to know the route out of the building is not when there's an explosion. You need to know that in advance. How do you form those relationships? Oikos groups is what we would offer to you. It's going to be the best way not only to grow deeper, but to face the next hardship. And so you have four weeks. We're asking you to do this. Today, pray. Ask the Lord, God, what would you have me do? Who would you have me meet with? Our desire is that everyone who calls Salem Heights Church their home church, this is where I do church, that we could go to that person and say, hey, who's in your oikos? Who's your oikos? And everyone would have a place where like, I am part of this church. I'm serving, but these are the people that I'm doing life with here at the church. That is our heart's passion. That's the way we believe people are going to be on-ramped into this discipleship community. We're really looking to grow that and have people uh, take that step. And we're here to help you along the way. So there is information about that. uh, And that will be available the next four weeks to be able to um, get signed up. And and we'll be able to help you with that. Four weeks to find the best friends you will ever have in life. All right? So go. Hey, uh, those are the two groups of uh, ministry we're going to highlight. Next week, we're going to highlight our growth groups, which is um, our discipleship groups is what they've been called in the past. Our growth groups is where men and women get around the word of God together. We're also going to be talking about our intensive discipleship ministries here, biblical counseling, the most excellent way. We're also going to highlight a few more ministries like our Fundamentals of Faith class, which is for if you're new to our church, that's a great place to start in this next ministry year. But we're going to be highlighting those again. Um, out in the booth, we have a slide for you 
out in the, in the hallway in the different areas, we have a number of different ministry booths where our teams are going to be there and um, they're going to be able to talk to you. So some of the ministries we didn't even talk about this morning, they're already out there with information, starting dates, how to register, you know, what you can participate in. We are dismissing right around 10 right now to let you get out there and have time to fellowship and meet those. And here's something that is just cool. We're really excited about, I'm excited about this. Every booth has a giveaway. All right. Every booth you go, you're going to get some sort of treat. All right. So even if you don't have kids, go check out D6. Let them minister to you this morning. They've got a little swag for you. But hey, we love you. We want you to be connected. And the reason we believe there is health and vibrancy in our church right now is because our church has been doing this and we need to help bring those people who are new to our church into that fold. And we're really excited about that. So let me pray for you and then we'll be dismissed this morning and we'll invite you to go visit one of our groups. God, thank you so much for uh, bringing us together. Thank you for saving us and, and adopting us into your family. And God, thank you for putting us into smaller communities where we can learn from each other and have opportunities to serve each other. God, I pray that our church would get connected and that everyone would find a place where they feel seen and known by others and that they would be able to be used by you to help others grow in their faith as well. God, we thank you for this morning and we pray now that you'd help make your will in each individual life very clear in the next coming days and weeks. We pray this in your son's beautiful name. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. Have a great week.